Today we're wrapping up this series called Good Christmas. Many people's questions about Christianity are shifting from is it true to is it good? And even if it is true or at least partially true, is Christianity good? Is Christianity good for society? Is Christianity good for women and children? Is Christianity good for minorities? Is Christianity good for you? Is Christianity dangerous or harmful? Are Christians good for society? And this is really sort of heartbreaking for me because before the first Christmas, the birth of Jesus was announced with this. The angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. It was announced as good news bringing great joy to all people. And that last part is actually kind of unusual because generally speaking, good news for one group of people is bad news for another group of people. However, at the time of the announcement of the birth of Jesus, this news was good news for all people. And part of the reason it was good news was because it was good news for everyone. And so we started this series asking the question, so if the birth of Jesus was supposed to be good news for all people, why is there so much resistance in our world today to the message of Jesus? Why are so many people resisting the message of Jesus? Why doesn't everyone lean in? Because when we hear news that is good, we hope it is true. And we've arrived at this place in our world where people sort of wonder if Christianity is good, at least partially because there's sort of a gap between our current version of Christianity and the original version of Christianity. And in several ways, the people who resisted Jesus in the first century are the people who claim to follow Jesus now. And the people who leaned into the good news of Jesus in the first century are the people who are resisting it now. And in week one, we said, Jesus is good news for the unrighteous, but threatening news for the self-righteous. And then last week, we said that sometimes we don't recognize good things as good. And the first reason we don't recognize good things as good is because we don't recognize our need for those good things. And, and part of the way that Jesus helped others to see their need for him was that sort of being around Jesus led many people to see that we aren't so good. And yet Jesus' message would bring hope to the people who knew they weren't all that good. But his message disturbed those who thought they were good. And we looked at two sinful people that Jesus engaged with. And these people recognized that they weren't so good, but it wasn't because Jesus called them out on it. Jesus didn't condemn them. They knew their own sinfulness. In fact, one of these people was actually still sinning when he met Jesus. And yet, Jesus becomes good news when we recognize we're not that good. Uh, so today, we're going to discuss another reason we don't recognize good things as good. And as we said, the first reason is that we don't recognize our need for those good things. And this next reason is actually fairly ironic because it was actually happening while I was preparing this message. We don't recognize good things as good because sometimes we get distracted. Now, this might be more relevant in our culture today than in any other culture in history because there are so many things competing for our attention. Uh, those pesky bricks that are made of metal and glass that we keep in our hands or in our pockets are probably the biggest distractions. And then everywhere we look, thousands of advertisements are vying for our attention. And if that wasn't enough, there are good things that also distract us from noticing other good things. Uh, sometimes we don't recognize good things because we sort of get distracted. And distractions, by definition, 
catch our attention. Now, sometimes we want something else to catch our attention so that we can sort of escape working on something that is difficult or boring. Uh, so we can escape something uncomfortable. And so we can escape so many more things. Uh, we could do a whole message series about this, but I think this is where many of us find ourselves with our phones, which are really much more than phones, right? They provide us a seemingly harmless distraction from life sometimes. However, one of my favorite pastors says this, the things we get distracted by are never as important as the things that we get distracted from. And isn't that so true? What we get distracted from is almost always more important than the distraction itself. And one, of the, one part of the problem of those type of distractions is that they put our focus on ourselves. And many times they take our focus off of other people. And then on top of that, during this Christmas season, there are so many good things. But some of those good things can distract us from celebrating the original meaning of Christmas. And ironically, we are distracted from the good news by the holiday that celebrates the good news. And how much have you been distracted from celebrating the good news of Jesus' birth because of some holiday obligation, responsibility, or commitment? That online shopping for gifts, a packed holiday schedule, or just generally hurrying around. That we are distracted from the good news by the holiday that celebrates the good news. And while Jesus was on earth, he saw people get distracted quite a bit. And I don't think the distractions back then are as different from today as we might initially think. The first distraction that we're going to look at and we're going to read about comes from the religious leaders who they really kept getting distracted by following the religious law, almost always at the expense of people. Uh, maybe you've seen religious people get distracted from, from loving and caring for people because they were focused on some actual or maybe some perceived religious law. And in this first instance, the religious leaders are distracted from seeing Jesus do something that's not just good, but amazing for someone else who is hurting. We're going to start reading in Luke chapter 14. If you uh, want to follow along, you follow along in the Bible app. If you don't have the Bible app, you can head to bible.com app. Once you're in the app, head to the more menu option in the bottom right corner, select events, and you can find our church. We'll also have the notes and verses on the screen as well. Again, Luke chapter 14, beginning in verse 1. One Sabbath day, Jesus went to eat dinner in the home of a leader of the Pharisees, and the people were watching him closely. And the people were watching Jesus closely, and yet that was actually what was distracting them from seeing the good news right in front of them. Verse 2, there was a man there whose arms and legs were swollen. Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in religious law, is it permitted in the law to heal people on the Sabbath day or not? And the distraction for the religious leaders was a religious law. And that was really one of the most important laws, that keeping the Sabbath day holy, that no work was supposed to be done on the Sabbath as a way to honor God who didn't create or work on the seventh day of creation. Now, the part of this religious law that the leaders struggled to emphasize was that God wanted them not to work on the Sabbath because he knew the people needed rest, that this commandment was for the people. But again, the religious leaders, they, they couldn't recognize the good of the Sabbath, and it became a legalistic endeavor. And to that end, they came up with an extensive list of commands or sort of boundaries to help define what work was. So into this distraction, Jesus tries to get their attention so that they can see the good news that he came to bring to the world. And so with this man who had these swollen arms and swollen legs at the dinner table, Jesus asked them, is it permitted in the law to heal people on the Sabbath day or not? Now, for most of us, this seems obvious, right? We can recognize what the good thing would be. 
But these Pharisees can't recognize it, or, or maybe they don't want to recognize it, that they can't see the good news because they are distracted by their legalism. Verse 4, when they refused to answer Jesus, Jesus t- or when they refused to answer, Jesus touched the sick man and healed him and sent him away. And while the birth of Jesus was announced as good news, Jesus doesn't just stop with announcing it as good news. Jesus is being good news by helping others. And then Jesus would sort of flip the script on them and sort of help the Pharisees and the religious leaders see good from a different perspective, from their own perspective, which, if we're honest, is is usually what it takes for many of us as well. Verse 5, Then he turned to them and said, Which of you doesn't work on the Sabbath? If your son or your cow falls into a pit, don't you rush to get him out? Again, they could not answer. And they couldn't answer because they knew that to help their family or to keep their wealth, to sort of help themselves, they would definitely work or do something. Because part of this distraction for the religious leaders, and maybe for more of us than we would like to admit, distractions can lead us to focus on ourselves. Now to illustrate this a little bit further, Jesus a little bit later would make up a story to make the point that the kingdom of God is open for everyone. But there are things that can distract us from accepting his invitation, including focusing on ourselves. Verse 16, Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, Come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. Now that phrase for making excuses can also be translated refuse. And as we'll see, these guests refuse the invitation because they were distracted by something else. But they all began making excuses. One said, well, I've just bought a field and I must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. And another said, I just got married, so I can't come. Now, notice that none of those things are bad things, right? But in this instance, they are all still distractions from the good thing. Now, we probably all need the reminder that good distractions can keep us from better things. Not only that, but each of these people were distracted by something about themselves, uh, their own things, or their own needs. Verse 21, the servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, "Quick, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. That the message of Jesus was good news for the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blame, the lame, not necessarily because they would be healed, but because they are invited into the kingdom of God. And they won't be ostracized from God like they were ostracized by the rest of the world. And that is good news. Verse 22, after the servant had done this, he reported, there is still room for more. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. That the good news of Jesus is that God wants everyone to be with him. And then we're sort of reminded again of the original announcement of Jesus' birth, good news of great joy for all people. That when the good news of Jesus is reduced to sort of just thinking about me, that is not good news bringing great joy to all people. Getting distracted by our stuff and us can be a slippery slope to sliding away from the good news of Jesus, to sort of this buffet news where we sort of pick and choose the times to follow Jesus that suit me and suit my family. That is no longer good news of great joy to all people. And if my version or your version of the good news is not good for males and females, for rich and for poor, for saints and sinners, for your strange brother-in-law, for that aunt, for that skeptic cousin, for that annoying neighbor or coworker, for that frustrating teacher, if it is not good news for them, 
then it is not the original good news of Jesus. So what about us? Are we good news? Are we good news of great joy for all people or, or just the people like us? How do we avoid getting distracted by things other than being good news? Are you willing to ignore, or at least temporarily ignore, those distractions that keep you from being good news? And then the question that sort of shifts this into the Christmas season, but really all seasons, are you willing to be good news for your family and the frustrating people you're going to be around during Christmas? For some, that might be the family that you'll see next week. For some, that might be the family you won't see next week. For some, that might be your neighbors or your coworkers or your classmates. That if your version of the good news is not good news for the frustrating people you will be around this Christmas, then it is not the original good news of Jesus. That when you arrive to the Christmas party or to the gathering or you log into the Zoom Christmas, will those people see you as good news? Will their initial reaction be joy that you are there? Is the message of Jesus good news for all of those people, just like it's good news for you? Or is something distracting you? Uh, or maybe you don't really have a relationship with any of those people. Uh, maybe that's because you are distracted. Maybe you're distracted by your phone or by fear or distracted by your politics or, or maybe by something else. Because one of the most powerful things about the birth of Jesus is that Jesus was good news. His birth was good news, but then he actually was good news in how he treated people, how he talked with people, how he helped people, how he demonstrated what God is like. He didn't just teach or announce good news. He was being good news. Now, Paul, who was previously a part of that religious leader group that we talked about, the Pharisees, um, Paul was distracted by fulfilling the law at the expense of other people. Like, literally, he had the people killed in the name of following God's commandments. And then he experienced the good news of Jesus, and his heart and his life were changed. Uh, he wrote a letter that describes how Jesus was good news and how we can be good news like him. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Now, you might ask, like, well, why should we have the same mindset as Jesus in all of our relationships? Because when you have this same mindset as Jesus, those other people will see you as good news. Verse 6, Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. And then again, you might ask, like, if you're God, isn't that the exact way you use your God powers to your own advantage? Nope, Jesus never powered up and played the I'm God card, can we get the corner table with a view. He never did that. He never used his power and influence for his own benefit. Jesus leveraged his power and influence not for himself, but for those with less power and less influence. And that is good news for everyone. So, since we aren't God, how can you and I be good news like that? Well, we can defer to other people. We can do what is best for them, not necessarily what is best for us. We put them first instead of expecting them to put us first. And that is unusual and not the way this world works. And most people don't look at the world that way. But that will represent the good news of Jesus being born into the world. That if we did that, wouldn't that be good news in your job and in your HOA and our country? So how do we avoid the distractions that keep us from being good news? Well, we can prioritize every person over everything. We put the phone away when we're with people, especially the people who don't see Jesus as good news. We ask and listen for God to show us anything that is distracting us, and sometimes those are good things. 
that Jesus becomes good news when we aren't distracted from being good news for others. So, is there anything distracting you from being good news? Are you good news? There are many people in the world who look at Christians and the church and they sort of wonder if Jesus is really good news because of how we talk, how we behave, how we treat other people. And we've gotten distracted by following rules, by prioritizing things rather than loving people, and leveraging our power for ourselves. And that is not good news. And that's sort of really being distracted by focusing on ourselves. However, if you have the same mindset as Christ, your selflessness will stand in stark contrast to the selfishness seen in the world. If you leverage your power, influence, and resources for those with less, if you prioritize loving people over things, that is good news for all people. And when people see you as good news, they will hope it's true. And this is really what we've been invited into. This is what Christmas is all about. Good news for everyone. Because the angel said, don't be afraid, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem. So go and be good news this Christmas. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this season. Thank you for this opportunity to, to be reminded of the good news of Jesus and how good it actually was. That it was good news for all people, not just one group of people, not another group of people, but all people, not even just the Jewish people. But God, thank you that it's good news for all of us. So God, would you help us to examine our own lives to see if we're distracted by anything, distracted by our own views or our own um, legalistic tendencies or something like a phone or some technology that distracts us from helping be good news in other people's lives. And God, this Christmas, as we come across people that no doubt are going to be frustrating to us or family or friends or neighbors or party people, whatever that we're going to be with, God, would you help us to, to be good news in their lives? That you would help us to do the things that we need to do by putting them first or prioritizing others or, or just uh, setting aside our own agenda for other people. God, would you help us to model and have the same mindset as Jesus? And we really can't do that on our own, so God, we ask that you would help us to do that this Christmas. That our presence, that, that our words, that our actions would be good news for those who don't see you as good news right now. We ask for your help, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen.